0: Welcome to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. So close to the Raiders and Papali would be an appropriate man to score! Oh! He's done Brought to you by OAC Digital. Come join us as we go Behind the Limelight. Behind the limelight. Hello and welcome to Behind the Limelight, the Raiders' official podcast thanks to OAC Digital. We've come to the end of the season, unfortunately, for the Green Machine after that loss to Parramatta in week two of the finals. But we thought we'd take the opportunity to wrap everything up with a final podcast of the year. We'll go through our highs and lows of the season, our best players, our best moments... And we'll also have a look at what's coming up in season 2023. Joining me, as always, uh, are our two podcast hosts for the season. And they're both on for this final podcast of the year. First of all, Lauren Pritchard. Hello. Hey, Ben. And Rosie Harrison. Hello to you. Hey. Let's get stuck straight into it and go around the horn. As always, Rugby League never sleeps and there's been plenty of news happening in and around the green machine uh, as we get set to wrap up season 2022. Uh, First of all, and most importantly, the re-signing of Joe Tarpany. Lauren, great news for the club. Um, Official now, a four-year extension, end of 2027. Uh, Taps is a Raider pretty much for life.
1: He has great news to announce that. Yesterday, he obviously had one more year on his contract. And now he's extended that by another four. So so great to see him in green for the next four or five years now. So um he's had obviously a great season. Ended up with a meninger medal. He's in the Kiwis team to go over to New um, to World Cup, and he's also just become such a good leader as well. He captained the team in round twenty five against the Tigers. So just a great news for this week.
0: Rosie, he was very upbeat yesterday. Very excited, obviously, and um, great to see that um, you know he's committed to the club, and and that you know can hopefully continue that role on of re-signing players.
2: Yeah, he said it yesterday. He's found a home here in Canberra, and he's happy to keep playing. And he mentioned, and mentioned his leadership, and he mentioned how he wants Stephen captain the club. In the future, which is really exciting, and yeah, having he, a player like him um, commit long term to the club will, of course, sh- should encourage um, a lot of the younger boys and other boys to commit as well.
0: Absolutely, I remember when he arrived here in 2016. He was pretty young still; uh, not a lot known about him. He had a, he had good raps on him um, as a player, and he came here in. Um, ironically, his first game was against Newcastle. He came from Newcastle and then played Newcastle. I think it was a draw, maybe in that first game. Uh, that he played and then um, was really strong in that 2016 season, big part of that team that made it through to the preliminary final. And then he had a couple of years there where injuries and just couldn't get going. He had a broken finger and little bits and pieces. But, um, you know, he's been able to string games together over the, probably the last two or three seasons. And there's no doubt that um, he is uh, one of, if not the best forwards in the game. And I think, um, you know, surely he gets the Dally proper proper the year, one of them. Surely. He has Sorry. to be, surely, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, great news for Joe Tarpenny. Um, Congratulations to him and look forward to seeing him in green uh, for a few years to come. Uh, we're not going to go into it in too much depth, but we have to touch on the the semi-final loss to the Eels. Um, Lauren, uh, we were all there on the night. Uh, obviously not the uh, performance that we wanted to put in in our last game, but 40-4, uh, to 4, um, and as Ricky said, it wasn't about that... that um, that performance doesn't define the season that we had.
1: Yeah, it was obviously a disappointing loss. It was just one of those nights where nothing really went our way and that started really early in the game. So but as Ricky said, after the game, it didn't define our season. We had a really good second half of the year and the boys should be really proud of how we performed.
0: Yeah, I think it's just, uh, like you said, one of those things where nothing went our way. I mean, Jordan Rappiner, um made the first error of the game, which led to a parameter try. And then not long after, they put that kick through and poor Xavier Savage um, got the absolute worst possible bounce usually when those balls come to you they they usually pop up off the toe off the point of the ball and 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 sit up for you but this one Rosie just you know clean bowled him and and all of a sudden it was 12 nil it was always going to be hard coming back from that
2: yeah it was I felt so sorry for Xavier but then he sort of uh, redeemed himself a bit scoring that incredible try um through the middle of the field but the Eagles was just too good and you could see now like they made the grand final this weekend so they're such a good team and they just got jump on us
0: yeah I think that they've um They've done a great job, Parramatta, turning their, their fortunes around and they they couldn't string a lot of wins together during the season but they did enough to get themselves into that top four and as we know, that's so important. So there's no doubt that the Raiders will be focusing on a top four finish in 2023. We saw that uh, Ricky said in the press conference that um, you know the team is a top four team if we were able to... Know, have all of our troops available earlier in the season and I think with another full pre-season for guys like Zach Wolford, um, Jamal Fogarty as well, um, who only you know took the field for the Raiders in the back half of the season. Uh, those combinations will continue to build, uh, Lauren, and we'll see the best of this team hopefully next year.
1: Yeah, we had a really difficult year with injuries and that kind of thing. So yeah, the fact that we can get a full pre-season behind everyone and just those um, combinations and stuff and... Just, yeah, really looking forward to next year and what we can produce.
0: I suppose one good thing, Rosie, is that you, know, you finish the season um, in the finals and you make it all the way to the, the second week and it just gives that boost going in the next pre-season. The team's got that belief and they know that what they can do to and how they can achieve it.
2: Oh, for sure. And just showing like where that team is at and what we can do, um, the full-strength full team um, make the second week. But, yeah, just... G- g- builds that fire, I guess, for next season and um, shows what they need to do to make finals.
0: Yep, looking forward to it already. Can't believe that, um, you know, it's only, what, five or six weeks before, six weeks, I think we see before we see the first crop of players back. We'll touch on uh, all of that pre-season stuff a little bit later on, but, yeah, it'll be around before we even know it. Uh, before that, though, we've got the World Cup, um, which is uh, obviously something to keep the Rugby League fires burning for all the supporters out there. And, Lauren, we've started to see some squads announced, A number of Raiders players uh, are going to feature in that World Cup. Um, confirmed, obviously, probably that Joe Tarpany and Jordan Rapana will probably make that final Kiwi squad, but great to see some other names there as well.
1: Yeah, that Kiwi squad, the extended squad, we had um, six six players in that, so whether or not they make that... Team, uh, final squad is yet to see, but it was great to see yeah, Matt Tomoko, Seb Chris, those young guys make the squad. Um, yeah, we've got two in the Aussie extended squad with um, Jack and Hudson, um, Elliot with England, Josh Popoli, he just got named in the small squad this morning, and Sammy Valame for Fiji.
0: Yeah, it's great to see some Raiders representation across the board, Rosie. Obviously, um, Hudson Young, uh, one there that's uh, potentially going to make the Australian Kangaroos. I mean, that'd be a great reward for him.
2: Oh, he's been so good this season, um, top tri-scorer, equal top tri-scorer in the team, and he's just been so dangerous and, yeah, really happy for him that he gets that reward of um, being at the World Cup and just getting that experience and see what it's like being in a camp.
0: Yeah, the World Cup, opportunity to represent your nation um, and we wish all the Raiders players selected uh, all the very best uh, over there and hopefully they come back with that experience and that uh, opportunity. The other one that we didn't touch on that could possibly be selected, we haven't heard much about it... Um, Tom Starling, possibly for Ireland, I heard. But we'll see what happens. Who knows? The World Cup can produce some uh, interesting selections. So we'll wait and see what happens there. All right, let's get stuck into this season 2022 review. Uh, Obviously, we know the Raiders made it through to the finals, uh, getting through in that last uh, round uh, against the Tigers absolute demolition to secure that spot uh, thanks also to the Broncos for capitulating on us uh, it was great to see them go down to the Dragons in that last round take the pressure off and and then obviously the Raiders came out and played that free-flowing footy at the end of the season to to make that uh, semis uh, spot uh, 14 wins 10 losses uh, Lauren for the regular season I mean you look at those numbers and you, you probably say you know that's a that's a pretty good year
1: yeah, very much so. We had those five losses in the first half of the season, which put us in a difficult position. But that ever since the break coming back, we had, I think, a 75% um, win rate. So we had such a strong end to the season. And, yeah, 14 wins, 10 losses is a great result.
0: Yeah, I mean, we. I'll go back... long time ago and it feels like an eternity but we look at that second trial game where we played uh, Manly on the Central Coast and uh, Jamal Fogarty and Jack Whiten their combination looked great Uh, we had Josh Hodgson ready to go for round one then all of a sudden minutes into the first round or before even that before a ball was even kicked we lose Jamal for for 12 weeks Uh, and then um, Josh Hodgson goes down with a knee injury Rosie and and all of a sudden the whole season gets flipped on its head and um, you know you've got to go back to the drawing board and look at everything that you do with your team and the way that you approach the game.
2: Yeah, definitely. It was such a difficult time losing your hooker and your starting halfback, but I think Brad Schneider came in for Jamal and he did a great job in the early rounds and as of St- Tom Starling as well, stepping up into Hodgson's um, hooker role. So we were lucky to have um, players that were able to like step up and into that positions and play well.
0: Yeah, you've got to give the coaching staff some credit as well because they'd obviously worked on a pre-season um, and their attack was fairly focused around a particular way that we were going to play and uh, Josh Hodgson's obviously a very different dummy half than what Tom Starling is and they looked at Hodgson playing that role where, you know, he's more of a ball uh, distributor and organiser and then Tommy was able to come on at some point in the game uh, and then, you know play more of a running nine and, and Hodjo would stay on the field and play a bit of a ball playing 13. So that changed the whole dynamic of the team and the, 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 the coaching staff had to go away and look at the way that they played and obviously when Jamal went down that changed things again because... Jamal was always going to be that more organising half and then we lose him so Jack Whiten has to take the responsibilities there on with a rookie half in Brad Schneider so to their credit they were able to come up with a plan over the next few weeks to to get enough wins to keep them in the hunt laws. and then obviously as you said when Jamal came back um, he slotted in and, and all of a sudden the team went on a bit of a run.
1: Yeah and I think recruitment wise too getting Zach in probably around April and him making his debut in May that was also great addition but yeah once Jamal got in got a couple games under his belt you could see how well he cleared the Jack and the spine as well and yeah it all went from there.
0: Yeah as I said Zach Wolford he uh, obviously had a a really good season and uh, Rosie he'll be stronger again for that um, full pre-season which he didn't get uh, this year.
2: Yeah definitely and just building that combination with Tommy Starling off the bench and, and with the Fords as well so he'll be better next year and we're looking forward to seeing him in action.
0: Yeah, like I said, 14 wins, 10 losses there for the regular season. Uh, Out of those 14 wins, let's have a look and touch on some of our best wins. Lauren, if you had to select yours, what is it?
1: It was tough to choose. I was going to go with that Tigers game in round 25, but I've decided to go with Just win.
0: because of the pure relaxation from a Raiders fan perspective? You yeah. could actually enjoy the game and <laughs> know at half-time that we were going to win?
1: It was super enjoyable. We were able to rest a few good. boys. Yeah, yeah. Like, just laughing just, on the bench. Yeah. It was yeah. great. <laughs> it was a strange feeling to be up by that much at half-time, but it was quite an enjoyable game. But I've thought about it overnight, and I'm going to go with the round 18 win against the Storm. That was our first... Um, game after the bye and we sort of had a scenario where we knew that we had to win as many games as possible in the second half of the year to um, make finals. So we were down with 15 minutes to go. James Schiller scored that incredible try, which I'm sure we'll talk about later as well. And then Dave had the try saver towards the end of the game on Jerome Hughes to win the game. So I just felt like that gave us some really good momentum to go forward and win lots of games in the second half of the season.
0: Yeah, that tackle, um, that can't be underestimated on how big that was in that game because obviously Xavier Savage, um, as you know, he's been working hard on his goal line defence over the course of the season and learning uh, where to be and positionally and and putting his body on the line in that particular tackle. You know, if he doesn't make that, then the, the Raiders probably don't make the final. So there's those little moments in that game. Um, like you said James Schiller's try all those little things that add up and all of a sudden you come away with a great win down there in Melbourne so yep great selection Rosie for you
2: I've done the opposite of uh, like the match in <laughs> round 25 where we could relax like, So, <laughs> probably one of the most stressful games but um, round 23 against the Knights um, up in Newcastle it was again it was a must win match to stay in that top eight and we were down 22-8 at half time and we were all getting a bit worried but then um, just made that comeback in the second half and it was 22 all with, like, 10 minutes to go when we scored an amazing try um, for Jack Whiten. And then Jordan Rapana scored that um, – sorry, did that try-saving tackle um, with 40 seconds to go on Edrick Lee and that really um, sealed the match for us.
0: Yeah, it was like – I had sh- visions of Edric scoring a hat-trick <laughs> to – in that game but um, mm. fortunately we are able to hold on and uh, uh, I remember that game um, from uh, for Ricky's halftime address. I know he was very vocal in that one. He, it, it wasn't like a full-on bake where he absolutely berated or got stuck into anyone but it was more about just challenging the guys to lift. To make sure that they were able to, you know, come back and, you know, the fact that the season was on the line, there was so much to play for, and it showed that the team could play under pressure, which was which was a really good thing. Uh, for me, I can't go past uh, the first final down there in Melbourne again, uh, two stadium, two games down there at Canberra Rectangular Stadium in Melbourne, um, <laughs> but you know that performance for me was uh, probably defined what this team was all about. Um, they got themselves in a couple of winning positions in that game and, and Melbourne, um, you know, came back and were able to wrestle the ascendancy back uh, but the Raiders were able to hold their composure and Elliot Whitehead in that match was, you know, showed why his experience is so valuable to this team. It was his best performance of the season uh, and I thought the way that um, the, the team, you know, held their resolve and were able to get that win under such a big um, pressure situation, elimination final... Um, shows what they were all about so that would be my first uh, on top of the tree instead of the in terms of the wins uh, for the season lots of other memorable ones you know you go back to the first round there against Cronulla with Hudson was it Hudson Young that scored the try yeah. in that one and Hudson Young scoring another try against Newcastle to seal a game it's sort of a bit of a theme throughout the season Hutto pulling them out of the fire for us but um, plenty to choose from there uh, on the flip side, Lauren, let's go worst losses, and you know, in a season where you're almost fifty percent win loss, you're going to have a few. Uh, and I know what yours is before you say it, but I'll let you tell talk us through it.
1: Yeah, okay. So um, Warriors round eight at Redcliffe. Um, obviously, we're coming off the back of four losses, and Matt Lodge milked that penalty at the end <laughs> of the game to level us up, or level the game up, and then. The Sean Johnson field goal in Golden Point, so um, that was a really tough one and made it five straight losses. Um, and then at the end of like at the end of that game, we the next game was the Roosters Bulldogs game and the Bulldogs beat the Roosters in that match to put us equal bottom of the ladder. So it was a pretty crap. Feeling yeah, well, it was a night.
0: pretty low, pretty low point of the season. There's no doubt about that because um, you know when you look at the ladder at that point and you, you're that many games in, you're starting to you know think what do we need to do to to save this season? So I think that the way that the team was able to bounce back from that, you know, was a real testament to the character. And there was a few of those losses if you have a look back through. And, and yeah, Probably probably got away with a few on the other side, but we lost a few tight games. And um, sometimes when you when you lose those tight games, it can it can actually breed um, a little bit of um, a lack of confidence in a team. But I thought that the way that the team was able to bounce back after that first half of the season and, and then win a few tight games really showed what they were all about. Rosie, for you?
2: Yeah, I've gone um, round seven against the Panthers up in Penrith. Um, it was our fourth loss in a row and it was just a disappointing day. Um, all three grades lost that day, New South Wales Cup and Jersey flag and then NRL. So yeah, it just wasn't a fun Yeah, fun one. I remember that
0: game because we, we just absolutely suffocated in that mm. game and it just, you know, Penrith have made the grand final for a reason. They've... They've been the best team for three years, pretty much, and uh, yeah, they just gave us absolutely nothing that day, and we had the Panthers fans doing the Viking clap, mm. and poor old Harry Rushton, that was mm. his debut game yeah. as well, so you know, it wasn't a memorable one. Um, for me, though, it's got to be that absolute stinker <laughs> down at Dragons at Wollongong, that the weather conditions alone were enough to turn anyone off their football, and Um, you know, we got dudded three times in the the final one minute uh, there where we probably should have had at least one penalty go our way and a chance to level up the score. But, you know, you have to look at the game itself. We didn't play our best football. Ben Hunt had a great game for the Dragons that day. And, um, you know, unfortunately we didn't get the win down there. It was a long, wet drive back from Wollongong, (laughs) I can tell you as well. So, um, yeah, they're probably three of the toughest losses of the year, but we'll uh, move on from those now and let's discuss... Our best players. Um, there's no doubt who sits above the top of the tree uh, in this field. Um, if you have a look at the Meninga Medal val- uh, tally, top four, it was Joe Tarpany, Jack White, and Hudson Young, and Adam Elliott. But Joe Tarpany, by the length of the straight, and as we mentioned, he had one hell of a season, Lauren, and uh, probably deserved uh, the Meninga Medal.
1: Absolutely, I think he doubled the result of anyone else in the vinegar medal tally. So, um, yeah, just such a strong year. Um, you just could rely on him in defence, and then he'd pull off try savers that you didn't expect him to do. And he scored a few tries in the tack too, so just so strong all around.
0: Yeah, Jack Whiten, um, he had a fantastic season too, and as we mentioned, he had to do a lot of the heavy lifting in the spine for the first half of the season. Um, obviously, with no Hodjo and no Jamal, it was all sort of on Jack's shoulders, but I thought that um, you know his leadership on the field this year, the way that he controlled the game, a- and he got his mojo back with his running football as well, um, probably... Um, was under some criticism last year about his running game but I thought this year he was outstanding and um, you know he absolutely gave everything he had every time he took the field and uh, I thought he had a great year and and obviously Rosie Hudson Young was fantastic as well.
2: Oh he had the best season (laughs) of his career and he was he was um, incredible just his way his ability to find the try line and get those crucial moments match winning tries and um, yeah we've seen he's rewarded the Australian team.
0: Yeah, that's right. Kudos also to Adam Elliott, who finished in the top four of Meninga medal voting and just came in breath of fresh air for the season. And uh, although he won't be here uh, next year, it's a uh, you know you've got to you've got to wrap his commitment to the the club and his time here. He gave absolutely everything in every game, and I thought we saw the best of him once he moved into the starting team. Um, people probably um, were a bit critical of um, coaching staff for not starting him earlier in the season, but um, he did have some injury uh, issues at the back end of the preseason, which limited his training so uh, they had to work him back into this team to get him um, fit I suppose and and once they were able to do that Lauren they could move him into the starting team and he did a great job.
1: He did such a great job and I think even off the bench he adds that intensity he's like just such as like intense human too on the field so um yeah had such a great season and such a good human too like we we're lucky to have him around as unfortunate was only one year but um I feel like he made such a contribution in Twelve months.
0: Yeah, well, obviously Don said he's welcome back anytime, <laughs> so it wouldn't surprise me if he's, he's back here at some stage. Uh, yeah, the challenge now is, and you know, it's that, that position's open and someone can step up and do a job there. So we'll see what happens over the next uh, you know f- uh, fourteen or fifteen weeks once the boys get back from preseason and we see uh, who comes in and and takes that role in twenty three. Uh, best breakout season. We talk about players that have you know uh, had probably a season that has established them in the NRL. Uh, for you, Lauren, who do you see there?
1: I went with Sebastian Chris for this one. He obviously had a really tough start to the year. I think he was a close contact a couple of times. He had COVID. I think he had a head knock in a cup game too. So he didn't really become like a consistent start in the team till about round nine, round 10. But then I think he played every single game afterwards. He locked down that centre spot. He's an equal top try scorer with Hudson. And now he's been rewarded in the Kiwis extended squad too. So I just think that he had such a breakout year and did a great job.
0: Rosie, for you?
2: Yeah, I've, I couldn't go past Hudson Young. Um, he just, like, he has been at the NRL for a few years now, but just this year he's really established himself as a top player and, um, yeah, just his equal top tie scorer as well with Seb Chris and um, he just knew how to step up in those big moments and I think that's really special.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go for Matt Timacore. I thought... Um, you know, obviously he um, played every game of the season. I think there was only two players that played every game this year. The other one escapes me. Who was Tom it? Tom Starling. Tom Starling, that's right. Yeah, so both of those guys played uh, every game and his, um, his, not only his uh, running but his defence as well was um, something that really improved over the course of the season. And I think once he moved back to his preferred side of the field on the right side um, as well, we saw the best of what he had to offer and I think it was wrapped up in a in a nice bow when he... Was able to show what he's got in attack in that game against Melbourne, where he, when he skipped to the outside and then um, gave Cam Munster one of the great don't argues <laughs> and 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 bustled his way over to score. So, uh, for me, I think Mokes was um, definitely one of the best breakout stars of the year. And you know, there's three guys there now that have. Um, you know, fast establishing themselves in the NRL team and it'll be hard to dislodge next year. Uh, Best try, um, we saw some absolute crackers this year, some great team tries, some great individual tries for you, Lauren.
1: I've gone the South team try um, in Dubbo. It was Sebastian Chris scored, but I think it went through the hands. Corey Horsbra, Hudson Yarn, Tom Starling, there's a couple of flick passes there, and Seb scored. So um, that was just really entertaining, and I think it was even captured by NRL, the Harlem Globetrotter try. So, um, yeah, just love that one.
0: That's right. I think uh, Tom Starling might have been able to get there himself. Then he pretty, I think, But yeah. he popped <laughs> it off to Seb right at the end. Yep. That was a great day, actually. That that was um, the South game at Dubbo. 250th, so 250th, uh, and that try really, you know, showed what how you know at that time we were starting to build and that that performance was one that really stood out for me as well for you uh, Rosie your best yeah, try
2: I've gone round 23 against the Knights in that comeback win and it was 22 all with like eight minutes to go and um, Papa made that clean break up the middle um, into space and then passed to Taps who also ran for about 30 meters I think and then sort of chucked it over the top and found Jack Whiten who scored so just love seeing big guys in space yeah
0: big man <laughs> in space nothing better Ryan Sutton charged down yeah, earlier in the year too. that was good to see as well the um, one too? yeah the horse <laughs> when he got through the gap and he just looked for someone straight away um, yeah but uh, Tarpany showed some great awareness uh, in, that, in that try and I think I mentioned it uh, on the podcast at the time is that he could have went um, short to I think Jamal Fogarty on the right hand side in that play but um, saw that there was cover coming so he actually held the ball up and then as he said popped it out to Jack who scored that try and, and we were able to go on and win that game so that was a good one uh, for me I can't go past James Schiller in Melbourne that try was something special, and um, the unfortunate thing for Shill was that you know um, he got injured not long after that, and wasn't able to play again uh, in the season. But uh, you know that just shows the depth that we've got in the outside backs, and uh, and obviously Jordan Ruppert has got a, um, another year on his contract, and we'll see what happens after that. But having these young guys like James Shiller and Albert Hopuade coming through, um, you know, is really good signs for the club and that try where he was had the awareness not only to, to get the kick in but then get his foot back into the field of play um, considering he was over the line uh, and then get that ball down, you know, millimetres inside the touchline. I mean, that goes down as one of the all-time great Raiders tries. So, a wonderful try there for James Schiller. Uh, now, moments. Uh, now, these are things that uh, best moments that we're looking at and not necessarily... Um, have to be a, a try or a tackle or anything like that just something that you've picked up on during the year you know obviously we've all been around the team um, for you know the 30 odd weeks that it's been since uh since it all started but for you lauren you've got a few moments there that you love you i know you've got a list of a, a few <laughs> just things a few. just a couple here yeah, <laughs> give us yours stories to
1: tell. <laughs> okay so i'll start with the um nrw announcement we in june we got we found out that we'll have a team for 2023 so that's something that's super exciting and can't wait to see that all start to unfold Probably after this NRLW season finishes, so I'm um, really looking forward to that. Um, another moment I, that was really special to witness was um, Jared Croker and young Lucas. He, I think he met um, Lucas or chatted to Lucas in round three against the Titans and then came up here and said, oh, I actually want to give him my um, boots. So then we arranged for him to see Lucas in round six. and it was just a beautiful moment. Like, Croker's obviously really good guy and it was just a special moment to see there's another one where um we're we'll walking the streets of mudgie on the team walk on game day and his little boy ray came running over being like i've been looking for you guys everywhere um and papa and Adzi had a chat to him and papa said I'll, after the game i'll give you my boots and so and papa meant to his man of his word he found him after the game and gave away his boots so that was just a I really think my special moment
0: part of that one was um i think the dad was like Covering up his Manly jersey <laughs> because he had a, he was going for Manly on the day, but uh, th- that was a, that was a yeah. nice moment. Yep. He
1: might have got a new Raiders fan out of That's that right, one. exactly. And um, my fourth and last <laughs> favourite moment for now <laughs> is um, Corey Haddewit and on the drums with Simon, the Raiders drummer. Um, I was lucky to witness that on multiple occasions, both at Cheo Stadium and away this season. It's just such a special moment. Um, after the game, after a win, to celebrate that with her fans and taken over from Sia's legacy of yeah, doing that. Too. It was a nice
0: story that um, Alicia Newton wrote for NRL.com uh, in the lead into that ground about how the boys obviously all pick a Raider and Corey has Sia on his arm of his of his captain run shirt and he's obviously taken over the mantle from Sia who started that back in uh, 2019. So it's a nice little tradition that's continued and. Uh, you know, Corey's a, a you know a great guy to have. He's very team oriented and uh, and fan oriented too. He's always one of the last ones to come off the field. So yeah, great selection there for you, Rosie. What have you got?
2: Oh, I've gone um, for the harker for Chans after his final game, um, which was such a special moment. After the final home game, the departing players were able to say goodbye to the fans and, and everything on GIO Stadium. And um, the Kiwi boys did an impromptu haka for Chance, and it was just a speci- really special moment and quite emotional actually. And you could see how much it meant to Chance and how much it meant to the Kiwi boys, which we've, which we've got a few of. And um, yeah, it was just really nice for them to be able to farewell Chans um, like that. Um, And then also um, another one, which was Jonathan Thurston interviewing uh, Dave Campion, one of the Score Raiders players, after their curtain raiser in round six, Um, Channel 9, do a JT I'm loving It sort of segment, and JT's moment was the Dave Campion and the Score Raiders, and it was just so nice to see um, them getting recognition.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's a great program, the Score Raiders program, and Dave asks me at every game to give him a (laughs) shout out on the podcast, so Dave... Here it is, your shout out for the year, your third one probably, but um, keep up the good work and well done to the Score Raiders on another great season as well. Uh, For me, I've got a few, a couple of big milestones, uh, Jack Whiten's 200th uh, in round one and Josh Papali'i's 250th uh, at Dubbo, great to see these guys achieving these milestones. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be here for all of their games, (laughs) so, um, you know, it's, uh, they've those two in particular um are really tight uh, and they've, they've always been great club men so um for me for those guys to celebrate those milestones and see their family messages and you know, all that sort of stuff that happened during that week were very nice moments uh, on the flip side uh debut wise i thought um atta Mariota's debut um such a unique way to to come into first grade uh, very similar to xavier savage's down there in uh, Wollongong. that actually got taken away from him but atta um, he was um, wasn't even supposed to be uh, on the extended uh, on the as 18th man that night but there was an injury uh, in the New South Wales Cup game and he got promoted to 18th man he was already um, a bit busted he had some stitches on the outside and inside of his lip and then when we uh, lost a player to concussion um, atta had the opportunity to make his debut he found out during the halftime break um, I can't remember who got ruled out, but somebody, Ryan Sutton, b- maybe? yeah, Ryan Sutton was ruled out, um, and Atta was going to make his debut and. It, was, it all happened so quickly but the boys gave him a quick cheer and then gave, got around him and gave him a big big hug and then he was able to go out there. So unfortunately he didn't get the special debut videos and presentations and all that sort of stuff like all of our debutantes but a very unique way for him to do it and you know, we saw a photo with his partner and his little baby after the game. It was a, a really nice moment and it was great to have them as well uh, and also uh, the 40-year gala this year. I mean that was just such a special night. Um, for everyone who attended and we're able to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Green Machine and it's been a great way to celebrate all year um, and that night in particular um, to hear from all those club legends and, uh, and bits and pieces throughout the night was, was wonderful and we're going to share some of that uh, content over the off season with our fans as well so keep an eye out for that. Um, so that's pretty much everything to do with season 22 I want to say also, a big thank you to you two and also Addison, who is the man behind the camera on this podcast and also on game days. Um, without you guys, um, our fans wouldn't get to see a lot of the stuff that we just talked about. So well done on on capturing all that content and all those moments throughout the year because um, it probably goes unnoticed and I know that the fans really appreciate it. So well done to you guys there as well. Thanks,
1: Ben. Me you too. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. <laughs>
0: That's 2022 to bed. Let's have a look at 23. Um, Obviously, there's still a lot of happening between now and the season kickoff. But as we mentioned, uh, the pre-season will commence early November. There'll be a group of younger players coming back first. Uh, Those guys, you know, that have been uh, contracted to do training trials and younger guys from the under-21s and and guys that have, um, you know, only played a handful of games this season will come back first. Then we'll have a week later... Um, some other guys, a um, little bit more experienced guys that have played a handful of first grade games and uh, and train with the extended squad. Then we'll have the bulk of the squad back sort of mid November, um, uh, with the exception of the World Cup players who'll come back early next year. So, Lauren, a bit of a different preseason uh, next year and something that we're going to have to adjust to. But you know, all clubs will be in the same boat.
1: Yeah, um, having those World Cup players come back, you know, probably early mid January, it really shortens their um, their preseason, but at the same time they need a well-earned break and yeah every club's going to be the same so whether or not we see them in trial matches or whatnot is yet to see but um yeah just a bit different this year
0: yeah well it has been confirmed that the, the season will start a week earlier Rosie in 2023 and that allows for obviously the, the addition of Redcliffe is going to mean that there's going to have to be a buy every competition round and, and teams will now get three buys i will have one during the origin period and then two other buyers at some point during the season so that's going to mean that the, the pre-season is going to be shortened by a week and, and obviously um, we've now got to account for the fact that it's a 27 round competition.
2: Yeah definitely it's going to be interesting how the um, buyers work as well because we don't really know when the buys will be so if they're going to be close together or or far apart but yeah, it's, um, it's exciting introduction of a new team and um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'll
0: be interested to see who gets the round 27 by because that's a huge advantage mm. for any team that's um, heading into a final series to be able to have a full week off before the final. So yeah, be uh, be intrigued to see. I look forward to seeing the Roosters probably get that one um, <laughs> but we'll see what happens um, as we get closer to the draw announcement. Uh, I think it, we're thinking maybe um, October, early November sort of a dra- draw announcement so fans keep an eye out on the on the channels uh, for that one we'll let you know when that's all happening um trial matches uh, yet to be confirmed locations and opponents but uh usually uh trials are two weeks before the season so uh whether the club elects to have one or two trials that's something that's being worked out at the moment um and locations and venues and things like that um uh, will be you know confirmed and uh, and uh, shared once we know that information. Uh, Lauren also too, uh, membership going really well, fastly approaching 10,000 members and uh, uh, an opportunity for people to get on board the green machine in 23.
1: Yeah, I think it's been about four weeks on sale now and yeah, seen some great results, that's great around the close to 10k mark. Um, yeah, go to com for such membership, there's membership starting from $59 I'm pretty sure, so um, yeah, can't wait to see everyone out there next year.
0: 11 home gains at GIO, one at Wagga again Rosie, mm-hmm. that's always a good one as well we'll wait and see whereabouts in the draw that one's position and who we're up against but uh, a good opportunity for fans to get out to a regional game as oh, well I
2: always always love the Walker games and it's such a good opportunity for the fans out in regional way to come watch a game and, and we always get such a good crowd there um, full of Raiders fans so yeah it's exciting
0: Season 2023 will be upon us before we even know it <laughs> Alright podcast predictions uh, wrapping it up for the season so I think we've this is our 27th podcast of the year and we um, we've had 26 rounds of predictions, uh, so looking at the leaderboards, a bit sad, actually, <laughs> but um, our guests were only able to predict three um, things during the season, uh, and us, we finished on a tie, ladies, so five for me and five for you, so uh, thank you to everybody that um, you know, sent us through on social media what their predictions were each week and decided to have a go at it. Uh, and, basically paste whatever we get so uh yeah thanks for listening and being a part of it and um yeah no we'll, we'll bring that back next year and see if we can actually raise that leaderboard a little bit further which would be you know obviously something a little bit better <laughs> well, the crowd goes wild as we bring full-time onto the Behind the limelight podcast for 2023. Uh, once again, I want to take the opportunity to thank the sponsor of the podcast, OAC Digital, for their continued support. Uh, it's been fun and exciting and great to have a chat to a number of players, coaches and officials throughout the season and um, hopefully we'll be bringing it all back to you again in season 2023. Lauren, thank you very much for your contribution. Thanks, uh, And good luck. Uh, Lauren's heading to the World Cup to work <laughs> with the Gillaroos, so enjoy the trip. should Thanks, be fun. Ben. Yeah,
1: looking forward to it. Yep,
0: and Rose, uh, you'll be stuck here with me over the off season <laughs> while Lauren enjoys herself in England but um, thank you for your contribution this year as well
2: thanks guys and
0: of course uh, a big thank you to all of you who've tuned in uh, whether it be through the Raiders website or on uh, Spotify or Anchor um, it's also on the Apple podcast so thank you for your uh, uh, participation in this podcast and thank you for listening uh, in 2023 and uh, hopefully uh, we'll be back to do it all again in Uh, next season thank you and bye for now